0: Welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded from Sophist, the podcast where we take you through the major news and topics facing importers and manufacturers in China and Asia today. Hello, everyone. It's Adrian from the Sophie's team here, and I'm joined by our CEO, Renault. Renault, hi.
1: Hey, hey, Adrian, and hi, everybody. And uh, we hope that everybody enjoyed the and is enjoying the festive season.
0: <laughs> yes yes uh as we're reaching you now this is episode 85 and this is the end of the year so uh we're on new year's eve 2021 and uh i guess we'll start off with a big happy new year to everybody
1: yeah yeah well happy or at least uh, not too unhappy because uh, as we're going to discuss things are not looking very nice
0: oh yeah there's definitely uh there's definitely some challenges out of there uh, out there but uh yeah, so uh, this is sort of a, a bit of an unusual episode for us because we're not focusing on a particular topic. Rather, we're sort of recapping the year of 2021, and yeah, it's 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 been a year, and no, it's it's been a it's been a journey. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, if we if we go down a few a few big themes, obviously COVID. It's funny because. One year ago, people were saying, "Oh, you know, once the vaccines roll out, you know, it's, it's all going to be fine." And then, you know, yeah. the vaccines are rolling out, and then you have this variant and that variant, and the vaccines just keep most people out of hospital, but still, it doesn't mean um, everything's fine, right? And 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 we're afraid that 2022 is going to be more of the same, even if the vaccination rates are. Are high. Well, what's going to happen is that in the so called developed countries, the ones that the rich countries that had uh, access to vaccines first, they're going to go for, well, they're already going for the first uh, number three, third jab as as a booster shot, and then they're going to go for number four, number five. So basically, every few months, you stimulate your antibodies. Um, But You know, there's a lot of uncertainty, but what it seems that is is that China is not going to change its zero COVID policy. Um, mm. Just because with the vaccines that they have, and with 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 the healthcare system that they have, you know, they can't really cope with the a wide um, how to say in- infections in 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 their country, and um, you know, or maybe they're afraid that they might not be able to um, to really keep keep on top of it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of political things behind it. And you know the, what, what they've been uh, oh, sure. telling their population, you know, that they're so good because they really control what's going on and so on. So uh, they, they, they're not they're not going to to let things roll. They're mm. a natural course. This is not gonna happen. So that that means uh, a very high isolated country still in twenty twenty two very probably, right? Mm. Yeah, and suppliers that don't get visit from their customers <laughs> and that may not pay much attention to what they're doing and you know to their the production processes and so on. So that that's a little bit of um, of an issue for a lot of buyers. Mm. Um, supply chain, obviously, supply chain crisis, sea freight has been horrible and it's still horrible pretty much um the worst for for the US for sure from the the latest numbers that we've seen uh in Europe it's also pretty bad um and it, it's it's, you know, it's not going to fall back in place, um, in, in a matter of a few weeks. We discussed it in a few episodes ago with, with Marshall Taplitz, Taplitz, yes. sorry. Um, and Chinese New Year might give a little bit of time to catch up, but it's certainly not going to be enough. So we might be in for another full year of the same crazy prices and, crazy delays and so on
0: at this mm-hmm. point it's hard to say maybe it maybe by sort of february march time it'll be clearer uh, how much effect that sort of respite during chinese new year has has given to you know right. the shipping companies that is going into the states, for example and, and if they do manage to clear a lot of that backlog
1: yeah plus there's another uncertainty is how much of the current purchases are for um, you know, putting goods on the shelves and 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 and, and sending them to uh, e-commerce warehouses and, and and so on and so forth, or you know, v- versus how much of it is actually to replenish stock, right? Mm, so, point. in some industries, you know, some buyers have said, okay, you know, this what they call just in time, okay, in their model um which is quite different from what uh, the auto industry calls just in time but anyway uh, what, what they call just in time uh, now they say well this is this is not long, no, no longer working because we cannot really count on the supply chain to get what we need uh, with reasonable lead time so now it's mm-hmm. more just in case so they have to they have to buy more to have more uh, inventory ready to um, to serve their markets right so the, the, the in in some product categories there is some of that is this going to especially consumer goods is this going to uh, to cool off uh, you know who knows really who knows it's a big, big unknown right
0: whenever there's uncertainty one of the first things that it's human nature isn't it to try to Build up that buffer, build up that oh, yeah. safety net, and so mm. a lot of a lot of businesses are saying, you know what, we're going to bring in additional uh, stock to you know to, to keep that inventory in the warehouse just in case. So yeah. if we're predicting a, a continuing uncertain year in twenty twenty two, maybe that's not going to change just yet.
1: Right, and it's it's good business sense. I mean, you have mm. to keep serving your customers if you cannot count on. Um, on, 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 on getting the goods uh you know with a whatever uh eight weekly time or, or whatever it used to be well then you you need to, to have more more inventory that's normal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, another one is the tensions between China and United States slash Australia slash some European countries, slash mm-hmm. who knows Japan and others. Who knows? Well, this year has has been relatively eventful with OCUS, this uh, a UK-US um, alliance. Um, and what, um, you know, the, 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 the Senate and the Congress in the US keep um, keep banging on China for slave labor and, and, and things like that, or, or forced labor. Yeah. Don't know what, what what to call it. Um, so you know the, the the dynamics are are still still there, still at play, and we we don't know where this is going to lead us. So I mean, I I, I guess yeah, the same dynamics are are, are still going to go ahead. Let's see if the European Union kind of finally you know have a common uh, position on that um of course with the, the weight of germany and the german um auto industry and and, and 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 exporting industry in general is not going to be very tough on china that's the, the, right. the that's the reality of it so um let's see let's see yeah um, they like
0: their german cars in china
1: oh they do yes and uh, they They do manufacture a lot in China now, but it's still export a lot. Uh, (laughs) Chinese buyers like to say, well, my car was made in Germany, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That Just as a quick explanation to to whoever's Mm -hmm. listening, that in China you can buy a domestically built, I don't know, let's say, I don't know for sure on the models, but a BMW 5 Series, or you can pay more to have an imported one and those imported models have more sort of kudos it's more desirable to pay that extra and get the import oh, yeah. so oh, yeah. yeah it's it's kind of a weird system isn't it
1: right right uh, and there is demand for that and um and some of the higher models like maybe the the a a4 and a6 of od are made in china but maybe if you want the a8 uh it's only made in in in, in germany I mean, I mean yeah yeah don't quote me on that, but there was there was a distinction like that, I remember. Sure, sure. So, yeah, the, the political tensions leading to uh, more companies trying to diversify their sources outside of China, but this has been extremely, extremely difficult for a lot of them, especially mm. the traders, uh, basically, who buy products and uh, don't, don't want to have anything to do with manufacturing, uh, and especially the the traders that or, or retailers that don't want to have anything to do with product development. They go and they say, "Okay, I want this kind of whatever office chair." Oh, okay, you, you it's already here in your showroom. I want the same in gray, <laughs> right? With uh, in this kind of packing, and you're gonna make five hundred of these for me in the next two months right so if you if you if you like that then it's it's kind of hard to get out of China and and it's even harder with products that are electrical or or have electronic parts just because it's very hard to to go to India or Vietnam uh, and just you know have a showroom full of whatever coffee machines or whatever you 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 want to buy and say I want this one right So it, it's very hard for certain types of um, of importers, uh, but it is feasible, and some companies, small and medium-sized companies, have already started to diversify. Let's let's see, but I think there's there's an interest, there's a strong interest. Let's say it this way. So mm. um, let, let let's see where where it uh, where it goes next year. I, I expect more of the same interest. But also not many uh, not many moves by small and medium sized companies but we'll we'll'll we'll see more large companies moving production out let's see
0: yeah well i th- I think one of the key problems as you've mentioned before it's even if you move your let's say your assembly out of China, you still in many cases you've got to get all those components from China, so it's almost like a self defeating you know, move, isn't it, in some ways?
1: Absolutely. So if, <laughs> if you move assembly, but you keep buying the, the, the components and materials from China, well, you still depend on China anyway. If something goes mm. wrong with China, you're going to be impacted anyway. And now you're spreading your, your manufacturing in one more country that itself might might have issues, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And who's going to pick up on the, the quality problem on that custom component, right? <laughs> It's like the story of the, was it the Airbus A380? Yeah, I think so. Where um, between some German subcontractors and some French subcontractors, and then they um, they design everything, they agree on everything, that and then when they were assembling, they say, well, this cable needs to be you know two meters longer or something. Oh, what do we do now? You know, so there's certain things mm-hmm. that you only notice when you actually put the products mm-hmm. together. And if you buy PCBAs in Shenzhen and you, you assemble it together with, you know, into the final product in, uh, in Shenzhen, then if something goes wrong, you know, you, I mean, you can do your incoming quality control with functional testing and things like that. If you see some kind of issue, you send it back to the PCB supplier and, um, and you can fix the problem relatively quickly. However, if you send all of that to say to, to, to Mexico or to Romania, and you find the problem over there, then it's a very different ball game. Yeah, very different. Much, much more costly in time and money.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Some of the points that we've just been talking about; these are fairly negative. There's been definitely some issues that have made life more difficult for importers with you know Asian supply chains, especially in China, uh, in 2021. But you see a lot of articles out there on the internet which is really doom and gloom. And it's like, you know, talking about this is the end of manufacturing in China and and topics like that. And I don't I think that's that's too negative, right? Because despite all that's just been said, a lot of SMEs, for example, they're still manufacturing in China. That has just simply not changed.
1: Right. So I haven't seen any numbers on that. But really so if you look at soft goods, you know, garments and home textile and so on, that has been mm. distributed, all, you know, all over, uh, let's see, you know, um, Southeast and South Asia and China, all right? Places like Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, uh, of yeah. course, Vietnam and, and, and Cambodia. There's, there's a lot of... Um, textile manufacturing over there this has been spreading already for the past uh, twenty five years you know when, when maybe twenty years ago there was a lot of that in china I and mean, as as the cost in China rose, it kind of went to other countries uh, over time well, yes, now, if you look at hard goods, much much harder to get out of china much mm. harder and yeah, I haven't seen China's exports really crumble or anything. Uh, I, I mean, it's actually been a good year for them. So mm. that, that's the reality. That's the reality. You know, people look at countries like Vietnam now, Vietnam, now as um, a source of risk because they're, they're, um, there's been a pretty severe lockdown in Ho Chi Minh City for something like two or three months. And a lot of productions were delayed. And it's just an example. Or look at Myanmar and the horrible uh, situation there, right? Yeah. A lot of factories just closed uh, because of political events. Now, I'm not saying that China is, 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 is very safe, but that's the, um, that's the impression that has been giving uh, foreign buyers
0: yeah yeah Uh, i think the stability is there and i mean india india's huge but Mm -hmm. uh, and it's possible to produce hard goods and get components in india like electronic components Mm -hmm. actually we've been creating some content about that recently on the sophie's blog but Mm -hmm. that being said if you compare it to china it's it's nowhere near in, in terms of the convenience or the ability to you know have that infrastructure to to obtain all of your components and assemble your products with certain hard goods, I would say.
1: Right, right, correct, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: okay. So if I can ask you to gaze into your crystal ball.
1: As I said, more of the same, mm. unfortunately. Logistics issues, probably more of the same. Um, throughout the whole year, I would say. Um, China being closed off, yeah. Is not going to open nicely to everybody after the the, the February Olympics. I don't believe that's going no, to happen. So they're actually going to uh, to have to to buckle down very seriously with this, uh, what's it called, Omicron vari- variant, right? Yep. You know, it's going to be, it is very high tension, you know, um, mm. already these days in Guangdong, in Zhejiang. I mean, well, it's been impacting a lot of exporting manufacturers and it it might get uh, even worse so
0: did they not just lock down xian as well you know and that's that's like a city of, a i don't right. know how many tens of millions of people or something the, i think they I say think say 13
1: million 10 plus three yeah. uh it's yeah it's um nearly a full lockdown correct yes
0: mm. So it is disruptive. I mean, uh, I'm in the UK, as, as mm-hmm. listeners probably have uh, have recognised and, and heard from, but we're sort of ground zero for Omicron at the moment, and it's. It, you mentioned the booster programme. Most people have are on to their third vaccination now. Mm-hmm. That's That's correct. And I mean, they've said basically this variant, it's so contagious that it's going to find all of the people who don't have the necessary immunity, and there's sort of nowhere to hide. So, mm. I'm not talking about the UK specifically, though, but if we compare that to China, China, 1.4 billion people, a lot mm. of people certainly haven't had three uh, doses mm. of a vaccine in China. And I don't know for sure whether the Chinese vaccines would be as effective against it because I don't have any information about that. So, well, they have, it,
1: it, they, they, they are modern what is it, more than 80% already vaccinated mm. from, you know, the official numbers. The, the the thing is, it's their, you know, Sinopharm and Sinovac vaccines. Yeah. Um, probably kind of help to keep you out of hospital um, right. with a, a certain probability. However, from what I read, and also there was an article on the China Law blog about that. Yes. You know, it, it doesn't, slow the spread of the Omicron virus so
0: and... you've got the disruption because even if you're not that ill you're still needing to isolate yourself for a period of time and mm-hmm. if we look at China for example you're not talking about you know thousands of people it could be hundreds of millions of people having to isolate mm-hmm. and that disrupts the entire society
1: right right and, and it, it, I mean, some people are you know aged a few people are overweight and aged. You know the hospitals are, are, you know, are going to break down. Are going to be totally yeah. submerged, even if people are vaccinated. Uh, if and 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 anyway, as I said, primarily it's a it's a political issue. The government doesn't want to to look weak or like oh you know it got out of control. You know, the you know the 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 government is not smart enough to to keep it in control. You know. Uh, they they really don't want that to happen, so expect strong, very fast, and very strong reactions.
0: Yeah, which which could disrupt supply chains, unfortunately, in, if mm-hmm. it's in the wrong place. But and and that article uh, written by Dan Harris on China Law Blog about Omicron in China, um, I'll include the link in the show mm-hmm. notes uh, as mm-hmm. ever. Um, you know, he did mention that uh, it's definitely a good time to keep in close contact with suppliers in China and also to consider trying to bring in the, uh, you know, the extra inventory like we were, we were discussing earlier as well. Mm. And I guess that's, those are some key messages for 2022 as they have been in 2021, just to really try to keep as good a control over your supply chain as possible.
1: Yeah. I'm not very optimistic. Uh, Sorry about that. (laughs) It's not looking good. It's not looking good.
0: Well, yeah. Well, let's let's hope uh, let's hope that uh, it turns out that we were able to be optimistic in 2022. But Mm. uh, yeah, unfortunately, based on what we've seen, I mean, yeah, I think your predictions are pretty fair. Um, Okay, so moving on then, Sophist, that's who we are in 2021. What's what's what are some of the key stories about what we've been doing? that you can share with, with everybody?
1: Sure. So a lot of stuff. So basically, we, we what we do is we look at the, the requests and the, the needs of, of, of our clients, and then we, we try to adapt, right? And that's really what's mm. been driving um, what we've been doing over the years. The big, a few big things to mention. One is... For the the, the the project management side, uh, for for the new uh, products that are developed and brought into production, so we have various teams, right? So there's there's a project manager always keeping in contact with the, the supplier, following up on, on what's going on, and basically responsible for the for the supply chain and and, and timelines, um, and there's R and d uh, to work on maybe feasibility study proof of concept prototypes and so on. Mm. Um, there's a um, quality person uh, we call them quality project manager uh, who has to follow up on the on the project all along. Uh, there's the what we call the production project manager uh, usually process engineers but who also have to follow up so they start a little bit later than the quality one but still they have to follow up all along and into mass production there's obviously uh, purchasing that needs to be involved at some point and 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 yes these are the main the main actors so uh, how all these people work together and how they how they actually work in a very structured and systematic manner. Yeah, this has been a lot of um, how to say. This has taken a lot of work because we've had to define our own process for new product development, and mm. we've gone through a lot of iterations of checklists. You know, one checklist per team, and 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 finally, yeah, we 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 did a pilot on two two projects, and and then we rolled it out uh, to all the projects it's forcing the teams to you know to fill out certain documents do some risk analysis to to do this and to do that you know to a bunch of things not to forget you know there are good practices mm-hmm. and certain things that are really extremely important and lead to milestones that you know it's like a, a gate, right go and no go um, yep. at, at various stages to to see if the you know, the project is ready to go to the next stage. So that that has taken a lot of time and we've made a lot of progress on that. So it's, you know, when it used to take an enormous amount of management time just to follow up on what's going on, now it's more like, oh, here they flagged it as a risk. Okay, we're going to to look at what's going on. Here's a support request from this one to this one and uh, it hasn't been followed up on. Okay, let's go and have a look at what's going on it's a lighter load on, on, on management, which, which has been quite positive. Okay. On the, on the production side, we've put things in a, um, in a format of SOPs and, and forms and things like that, that uh, ISO auditors like. So we, we, we're actually in the middle of, um, of getting certified to ISO 9001 for uh for production of certain electromechanical products, uh, with the BSI, uh, British British Standard Institution, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the um, the, the, the 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 premier uh, certification bodies, uh, because otherwise, if you do it with a company that nobody's really heard of or or you know uh, nobody really trusts, then it, it's it's really uh, totally useless. But th- this is good yeah. to reassure certain certain. Customers that, um, you know, for for good or bad reasons, say that they only want to work with ISO 9001 certified uh, manufacturers. So that that's that's a good thing. And then we're talking about mm-hmm. projects for next year, more work on information security, uh, more work on going deeper into quality management. Uh, and more work into uh being more eco friendly and having the policies and everything around that this this is what's in the um, what's in the box so let's let's see next year what what comes out of that in the quality assurance department um yeah a few things i mean we've been kind of forced to do more off site inspections you know like remote inspections remote audits so we've we had to um, to 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 set a few um, a few work instructions, and we've been working on on finding the right uh, IT tools also to to facilitate it, and we're still still working on that actually. Um, you know, things like Zoom are not great in, uh, for example, in China, mm. uh, but WeChat is not great either. So we're actually these days we're working on uh, on, on on using an open source alternative to, to Zoom and setting it up on our server. And it works for the proof of concept, but we haven't, haven't yet uh, gotten to really use it in the real off-site inspection audit. But we'll, um, mm-hmm. this is coming soon. So we're working on, on, on a few things, right?
0: Just yeah. to go into the off-site inspections and audits yeah. just very quickly. I mean, by necessity, because of COVID, for example, some suppliers don't permit visitors Either from abroad, like yourself, if you're listening, or or, uh, or, or inspectors from Sophie's, for example. So, yeah. you know, so what do you do? How do you how do you inspect or audit anything? And that's that's where these come into it.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. That that's what has forced us to to do it. And it's in some in a way you might say it's pretty crude, and you know, it's it's kind of hard for them, uh, easy for the for the supplier to cheat and things like that. But actually, well. Uh, if you are very directive, if you say very specifically, "Okay, take this like this and position it like this and so on it's um, th- there 's still a lot of things you can pick up in a photo right or yeah. or in a video call actually mm-hmm. it's 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 more of a problem when they know exactly what you 're looking for and they have a lot of experience in that, but in many cases, you actually still catch uh catch issues. So it's better than nothing, let's say this way. However, yeah. where it's interesting is that you can actually blend it, in a sort of a program with on-site and off-site work together because certain things can be done as well off-site as on-site, you know, reviewing some documents or whatever, right? Or I mean, certain things can just be double-checked uh, by, you know, through a few photos. I don't know. Let's say the labeling is extremely important. They need to get it right. Um, and the certain mistakes they might make. Okay. Well, then, you know, take some photos of exactly how you do the labeling on the first carton. Send us some photos. Um, send us maybe a, 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 let's do a live video call, confirm it's okay. And then they, they can keep going rather than wait until everything is packed. And, and, and then we come in for an inspection and then we find the issues, right? So it's, it's also a way of yeah. helping more than, um, uh, coming and check like policemen right so it's it's good to blend things together Mm. that business unit um yeah is 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 adapting to the times (laughs) yeah also the the warehouse has been gaining a lot of experience with fulfillment so that's um that's a good thing so in in, because we we have actually more than 10,000 square meters now in uh, in Dongguan. And some of that is for offices and some of that is for our little lab and for, um, for, for assembly and packing, but some of that is also for the warehouse and some of our projects, you know, are like purely about fulfillment. You now you receive these cartons and, and, and all of that from that factory and this from that factory, you, maybe you, you kit it together, you, or maybe you just consolidate the shipments. Maybe you you do some drop shipments, uh, you know, maybe you do some, some, uh, you you apply some extra labeling uh, and so on and so forth. So um, uh, this is, this is a um, capability that um, that we've been, we've been developing because it's, again, it's one more thing that we can offer our good, good clients. Um, Mm. And, they might not use this or that capability, but they might use this one. So, um, yeah. And, and and some of our clients, uh, they use a lot of our capabilities of all the business units. <laughs> it, Absolutely. It, it's, it's all complementary, let's say this way.
0: Great. Uh, yeah, nice to hear about, you know, what sophie's has been up to as a business, because we don't normally go into uh, an enormous amount of detail on the podcast because we try to keep it sort of more uh, educational don't we but uh, Mm -hmm. but that's that's who's actually behind this podcast so it is good to understand so to move on if we turn to the podcast again so let's talk about some of the top episodes of this year and you can go back and check these out i will put the links in the show notes top episode john munro who is a shipping expert in the States. He joined you to talk about how sea freight basically ended up being a complete mess. That's unsurprisingly the most popular episode this year.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. That makes a lot of sense. Well, first, it was a good one, full of facts and explanations about how we got to such a mess. And really, yeah, it's, it's just top of mind for any company that imports products, right? Because yeah. even if you ship by air, uh, unfortunately is you know it's always expensive, polluting and everything, but some people do that. Yeah, air freight is is more more expensive than before, also. Right. So mm. everybody is, is you know, if you want to ship by train, let's say from China to Europe, yeah, it's possible, but now the, the lead times are getting longer and longer, from what I heard, it's not that not that easy either. So it's top of mind for everybody, of course.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the second one, actually from 2020, the three types of quality control plans and why they're needed before production. So those QC plans are the product QC plan, the process control plan and the QC plan for a new product being brought to market. So you basically went into great detail about all of these plans and mm. because they're very important for buyers to really understand them. Right.
1: Right. So this is really in the case where you want to make sure, yeah, that, that, you know, things don't go in a bad direction, let's say, and you want to put controls in place. And, well, some of these are about manufacturing processes. Some of them are more about quality control in general, more like mm-hmm. end of the line kind of quality control. Uh, but it, it was good to go over that. And, and, and hopefully people found it interesting.
0: Mm. The third preventive maintenance and its many benefits.
1: Yeah, well, that's actually that's tightly linked to process controls. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you keep the, 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 the production equipment running when 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 necessary and running to make good parts, good products, right? Yeah, actually I'm I'm a bit surprised. Okay, that you know, maybe people in manufacturing. Hopefully they found it interesting, uh, maybe mm. also some people who were kind of wondering what 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 it's all about. Um, you know, this this preventive maintenance idea. That's good.
0: Mm. Okay. The next one, I think this is our top episode of all time. It's analyzing the MPI process, so the new product introduction process. And I think as we go into 2022, we'll try and revisit this topic as as I've mentioned uh, recently. Uh, because it has been so popular i mean what what is it about this topic do you think that uh, that that makes it so important to to go over
1: well this is something that actually a lot of companies don't you know maybe you have never heard of right mm. so you you a, lo- a lot of people think you develop a new product and it's like you 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 know you go from unknown to unknown and, and there's no way to really systematize it and you just try and you see what works and then you kind of try to plan but it's going to be very different from the plan anyway and, and so on and so forth. A lot of people have told me these kind of things and you know, you, you, I mean, to an extent when you design at the very beginning it's, you know, you're putting the concept together of course that's true but as you get closer to, to making tooling and going into production, well... You, it's it's much better to have a structured process that you know where where you have to go through gates and do certain you know verify validate certain things uh, before you go to the next phase because this way you keep the risk down the risk of having to go back and and maybe even purchasing materials components that that that, that are not going to be a good fit or whatever right or oh, making production and and then finding that the product doesn't work after two weeks in the field. And, and there's a lot of problems, a lot of risks that can actually be um, anticipated and, and prevented with the right kind of process. So mm. well, I'm glad people find that interesting. And I, I, I really hope more people are aware of the current, let's say good practices across a number of industries that really work well to, to, to help move a new product from idea all the way to mass production and to the markets, in good conditions.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, we've created a lot of content about that because it's just so central to to what we do, isn't it? So, Correct. so yeah, yeah. Uh, makes a lot of sense. But that's definitely one to revisit in uh, fairly early 2022. And finally, this is this rounds out of the top five. So an episode about manufacturing in China, Vietnam, India, or elsewhere in 2021. So this ties into diversifying supply chains, as we spoke about earlier.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, a lot of people are, you know, looking for information, which makes sense.
0: So those episodes, I'll leave the links to those if you want to go back and revisit those, our most popular episodes of the year and uh, before we sign off and let everybody get on with their New Year's Eve party, just a few suggestions. We, we're we creating other content than just the podcast. And I mean, in the show notes, we usually give links to have a look at different things. From my perspective, really, really useful to go to sophies.com uh, forward slash podcast. Resources and we collect all of the different resources that we create, and we've been doing over the years into this resources centre. And I think some of the key resources to highlight this year, Renaud, uh, I, I think you would agree. We created an IP protection in China guide yes. for anybody that's developing new products. You wrote that fairly recently, Renaud.
1: Yes, right. So, I mean. Again, since we work mostly with companies that develop their own products, uh, one thing that is top of mind is always how do I make sure I don't get copied? And the short mm. answer is, sorry, but once your product is out there, you know, um, if you put it on if you put it on Amazon and so on, if it's successful, people are going to notice anyway. If you get this um, popular blogger or YouTuber, you know, to review it and so on and so forth, I mean, people are going to notice it anyway. And there are companies in, in, in China that, you know, especially in Shenzhen that are just always on the lookout for, for products to copy. So um, the, the, the question is how do you minimize the risk of that? And also, yeah. of course, there are a lot of questions around how to pick the right suppliers who will not try to, you know, who will not leak the design information who will not try to compete against you and so on and so forth. and, and, and we cover all of these in this uh, in in that guide, and actually a few podcast episodes ago we uh, we we went through that right
0: yeah, yeah, you uh, talked about the 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 key risks to when you might get copied, so right. uh, the main risks to product i p so that that could be from people within your supply chain you know before the product hits the market, for example, that's one of the scenarios so uh, yeah, that's one to go back to check out. That is, I'm just trying to remember which episode number it is. It's episode 80, so five ago. Yeah, um, some other content. One that is always super popular, the Importer's Guide to Nine Key Types of Packaging, including costs and benefits. This is uh, also from the Resources Centre. Uh, so we, we've we given examples of the types of packaging you might encounter and might find useful, depending on what sort of product you've, you know, you're, you're putting out there and some estimated costs and, and even how green they are, which is, you know, important to a lot of businesses at the moment. So uh, that's, that's also a good one. And I mean, you've said many times, you that when you're developing a product, one of the things that you shouldn't forget is also, uh, you know, are you developing the the correct packaging as well? Are you selecting the correct packaging?
1: Oh yes, oh yes. There's well, there's certain products where the packaging actually costs more than the product. I mean, yeah. you go to an Apple store, you will see a lot of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. Like if you're buying a dongle and it comes in a very, very fancy little box that's that's you know beautifully printed and made and whatever, that's that's got to be almost more than the little electronic widget inside. I don't know. And there's also some white papers in there, for example, uh, which are just PDFs. So you don't need to fill any forms to read these so how to define silicon or plastic finishes for new products that's a white paper types of printing processes used in manufacturing i mean pretty much everybody will uh, benefit from this sort of information Uh, benefits of silicon oil-based plastic alternatives uh so that's bioplastics um again this is quite uh top of mind at the moment for a lot of businesses that are trying to mm. be greener so yeah i think uh if there's if there's one new year's resolution to recommend it's uh, check out the sophie's resources center
1: yes there's a lot of interesting resources yes might be useful
0: yeah okay well Renault, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks everybody for listening throughout 2021, and uh, yeah, we'll be back in 2022 soon.
1: All right, well, talk to everybody next year then.
0: <laughs> yeah. So happy New Year! Happy New Year, Renault.
1: Yeah, Happy New Year! Thank you. Happy New Year to all.
0: Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Brought to you by the Sophie's Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfilment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at that's sofeast.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share, because it will really help others discover us too.